We've invited our Greek friend Anastasia Gaitanou to today's edition of Travel with Rick Steves to fill us in on the many traditions that Greeks observe at Easter time and what makes it worth the wait. Anastasia, it's nice to have you with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. How is the Orthodox Easter distinct from the Western Easter, the Greek Orthodox Easter? Well, first of all is the date. And it's the way we calculate when it has to be. So the it could way, be on a different day than the Western It can Easter. be on a different day. There is a reason, of course, because Easter is always the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox, which is just simply the beginning of spring. But because that's always on a different day, then conventionally it's considered to be the 21st of March. So we're using the old calendar for Christmas. The West is using the new calendar for Christmas. So There's a 13 days difference. Two different calendars. So each year it could be sometimes the same day, sometimes uh, on a different week. Yeah, because if you have a full moon during the 13 days, then you have a different day. If not, then not. In Greece, talk about the big picture of Easter. When, does, when do things start even ramping up for Easter? Well, I would say already at Christmas. <laughs> because we have Christmas time, we have the nativity, we have the great celebrations. And then after Christmas time, you have three weeks of really a lot of celebrating and festivities, which we call apokriya, which is practically carnival. Hmm. We call it like that because during the first two weeks, you're allowed to eat meat. On the last week, you're not, is the cheese week, as we call it. And apokriya means no meat. In, in the West, we have like a Mardi Gras, Fat yeah. Tuesday. It's the preparation practically for the big Lent. So you start yeah. cutting <laughs> what you will not eat during the big Lent Okay, so, so big East. party time, eat everything, and then preparing for Easter, we have Lent. Yeah. And in Greece, how would Lent be treated among the faithful Greek Orthodox? Well, if you really do everything, then you do not eat whatever has blood. So during the Great Lent, you cannot eat meat, fish, dairy products, eggs. You can eat everything else, and there is no limitation in the amount. So you're not going to starve. No, you're definitely not going to start. <laughs> but if and you like meat and fish, you're in trouble I, for 40 years. I personally days. put on weight during the Great Land because there are amazing things that you can eat that do not contain any meat at all. Such as? Such as, well, there are lots of uh, recipes with vegetables. Uh-huh. And, and we, we use a lot of olive oil. Oh, yeah. And even if you just eat a salad... And then you just take the bread, this great bread, and you just dip it in that Mm. mixture of olive oil and tomato Mm. juice that drips, and you just get fat. Very simple. (laughs) Just thinking of the the olive oil and the bread and grease makes me want to dip in. The last thing also you you eat before the Great Land is an egg. And the first thing you eat after the Great Land is an egg as well. It helps you adjust your stomach, but... There is a symbolism, because there's always symbolism. The egg is a very old symbol that symbolized the world. In the Christian tradition, it symbolizes the tomb of, of Jesus. And there is a life in there that could develop if the situation would prove to be the proper one. Now, is that relating to the, the painted eggs and the eggs that children Absolutely. enjoy at Easter time? Well, we enjoy painting the eggs. Usually they're red, although now we do have various colors but the red because of the passion of Christ and the blood of Christ. Okay. And the first thing we do during resurrection is we hit each other's eggs. And we call it the egg tapping or egg knocking, however you want to call it. And uh, the person hitting the eggs says Christ has resurrected. And the other then has to answer, yes, indeed. So, And the idea is 
knocking the egg, hitting the egg, cracking the egg, so the life can, in quotation marks, hatch out of the egg. I like that. And the last one who gets his, has his egg whole will have luck for the rest of the year. Great. So now when we travel in Greece, we can experience these kind of festivities. Would you be more likely to see the festivities in Thessaloniki or Athens, or would you go to a small town? You see them everywhere. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Easter in Greece, and we're joined by Anastasia Gaitanou from Thessaloniki. I'd like to mm-hmm. roll back a little bit. Let's talk okay. about the, the Passion. That's the last okay. week, and we'll start with uh, Palm Sunday. First of all, how do you say Easter in Greek? Pascha. Pascha. Can you walk us through the whole the week, the Holy Week, starting from yes. Palm Sunday? It starts on Palm Sunday. We go to the church. Usually there's a blessing of the palm leaves there. There is a, a mass in the church, and that is practically the beginning of the, the Holy Week. And this is, is in the Bible, this is when Jesus entered Jerusalem and exactly. everybody was out with the palm fronds. Exactly. So then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there is not really that much going on, apart, of course, from liturgies, masses, and all of that. Every mm-hmm. day is dedicated to something else. Mm-hmm. But the actual thing where everybody participates starts on Thursday, hmm. where usually the women will decorate the so-called epitaph, that is a table with a canopy and symbolizing the tomb of Jesus. And that will be decorated with flowers, usually roses or carnations, white, pink, and red. And there will be a picture of Jesus then either on the cross or usually then afterwards, then after he was removed from the cross. And on Friday, then there is, in the morning, the removal from the cross. Mm -hmm. There is a procession before that. Mm -hmm. And then there is a removal of the cross where... The cross or Jesus, of course a painting, will be then wrapped in a shroud and will be placed on that epitaph, which is his tomb. And then that will be in the church and people go there to pay their respects. We bow in front of that, we cross ourselves because that's the tomb of Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is Good Friday you were talking about. This is Good Friday, yes. Is there a sort of a ceremonial burial of Christ on Good Friday? Yes, there is. There is a procession during the liturgy. They will take the epitaph out with, of course, a lot of chanting and singing and candles and all of that. But this light you should not take back home with you because this is a light of grief and that brings bad luck. And then on Saturday, waiting for the resurrection, what happens? What happens is the resurrection then is celebrated in Jerusalem. First, and there we get the holy light, which the patriarch, and the patriarch is one of the very high priests in the Orthodox Church. The patriarch of Jerusalem goes into the tomb of Jesus, that's the church of uh, Sepulchre, and he's holding a, oh, he holds a bundle of 33 candles. Oh, this is actually in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. The church of the Holy Sepulchre, and this would be a Greek Orthodox priest picking up the candle, the flame. So he goes in with that, he picks up the flame that just, you Mm -hmm. know, animates there. And that is distributed to everybody. And there is a special flight, always, that brings that light to Athens. They fly this candlelight all the way from Jerusalem to Athens. Because that's a part of the holy divine light. That is is a part of God. Uh And we believe that God is light. Every soul of every believer, every Christian is a part of that light. It's a small flame. So that's a part of this divine light. So that is flown to Athens. And then at midnight... The resurrection happens, that particular light comes out of the church, all all the rest of the lights are off, you know, and no candles, nothing. And that comes out and it's distributed to everybody and that light you get back home with you. And that brings good luck for the whole year. Of course, you get that light only in Athens. 
in all the rest of the churches, right. the priest himself will light the candles, but still it's the blessed light. And that's basically the the highlight of the Easter celebration? It is a highlight. Now, I would imagine there's plenty of wonderful feasts and, and big dinners and relatives Absolutely. and family and friends gathering together. Well, Easter is again a family reunion. And many go back to their villages that we have more space and more space than to put a whole lamb on a skewer. So people go from the big cities back to their home villages? Usually, yes. Okay. So it's really a big spit, and then you put the lamb on it, and you have to start very early, 6 o'clock in the morning, because differently you want it till midnight. <laughs> start really very, very early. And it can be a goat, can be a lamb. Lamb is traditional, it has to do with the Bible again. <laughs> but um, you have the lamb, you have the soup that you eat on Saturday evening, and it's a soup deliberately because... You have been fasting for 40 days, 48 days. Oh, so you're okay. breaking so, out of your fast. And what is this exactly, soup exactly? So you exactly? have to, to prepare your stomach for whatever is going to come on the next day. And that is a soup that has a lot of greens mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. It has the liver of the lamb you're going to eat on the next day. Mm. And some put just the liver, some also entrails. It depends on what you like. So lots of greens and lamb guts. Yeah. And at the end, you also have that sauce that's lemon and egg whipped. Mm-hmm. And it's really great. Mm. And then on the next day, of course, you have the lamb with lots of other things <laughs> and go with. So when we have uh, Thanksgiving, we have turkey leftovers for many days after. Do you have lamb leftovers after Easter? Oh, yes, you do. So it's lamb time. Lots of lamb. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, then the, the children are very happy because it's two weeks vacation. Again, no school. Then they have the Easter eggs. Then if you have a godchild, you would go then before resurrection because the godfather or the godmother has to bring the candle for the child. So it has okay. to be before Saturday or at least till Saturday noon. Mm-hmm. You know? And you bring a big chocolate egg. Now, so the godparents bring their godchild a chocolate egg or some gift. Yeah, and a gift. And a gift. Yes, oh, they're very demanding nowadays. <laughs> and you also get your Easter bread from the parents of the godchild. Uh, and the Easter bread is sweet, not very sweet. Usually it has a red egg on it and it's braided, you know. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Anastasia Gaetanu about celebrating Easter in Greece. Anastasia, when you think back to your childhood, just let's finish with one of your favorite memories, an intimate little memory when you were a little girl celebrating Easter in Greece. Well, I was always really fond of those reunions. And I remember being um, a child and trying to avoid to have to turn the lamb on the spit. And, but I would always try to sneak from behind and try to you know, cut a small piece oh. as the lamb was turning. And that was the most delicious part of the lamb ever. Sneaking a little piece of the lamb right off the spit. Yeah. When mom and dad were not looking. Exactly. Or, you know, they were looking, but they were, yeah. Let Anastasia have a special moment yeah. <laughs> with the lamb on the spit. Anastasia Katanu, thank you very much. How do you wish somebody uh, in Greece uh, a blessed holiday, Easter, or whatever? Well, we would say happy Easter, and that would be Kalo Pascha. Kalo Pascha. Yeah. Ephesto. Parakalo. Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.